I want to read a passage this morning from Ephesians chapter... No, I'm kidding. Uh, this morning, believe, believe it or not, I'm going to read a passage other than in Ephesians. Some of you are beginning to wonder whether I believe there's any other book in the canon other than Ephesians, but I do. This is from Psalms 86. We're doing something that's a little bit different today. One of the things we're doing different, and if I hear a cheer, I'm going to get insecure. But I'm not going to be preaching this morning. I know it. We're going to have uh, something a little different here. I want to read Psalms 86. Uh, what verses did I have here? Verses 8 through 10. Among the gods there is none like you, O Lord. No deeds can compare to yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, O Lord. They will bring glory to your name. For you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. I will praise you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart. I will praise you with all my heart. Oh, yeah. I will glorify your name forever. The Bible, many, many, many times, says that we are to glorify God, to bring glory to his name. And I don't want to do a whole history in the Hebrew word glory, but the basic idea is to make someone shine. And what it really amounts to is making God shine. In other words, bragging on God. It is really imperative on our part when we see God move in a little way or in a big way that we glorify Him, that we brag on Him. And what that means is we are to tell other people, believers and non-believers, we are to be about telling them what God has done. When God heals us, when God repairs our family, when God takes us out of depression or what have you, whenever God does something in our life, it is for us, God loves us and He wants to cause us to prosper. But it's also for his namesake, the Bible says. In fact, the Bible says it's for his namesake that he has forgiven us. He wants to bring glory to himself. He wants all to know him and to see him and to believe in him. So it really is a moral responsibility that we have when we see God do something to us or someone else to brag on him, to tell everyone about our dad, right? To bring glory to his name. So what we want to do this morning is simply to do that, to brag on God, to bring glory to his name. And what we're going to do basically is simply recount some of the things. Certainly not all. We could never begin to recount all the things God has done this year. But a few of the things that we know about, that you have told us about, and what God has done in your life. And we're doing this just to bring glory to His name. What we thought we'd do is, is, is to have just uh, several people up here who have sort of collected testimonies given by you. And we're just going to sort of share them. This is Lyle. He's in charge of, of uh, the club, which stands for... Connecting Lives. To uplift the body. Connecting lives to uplift the body. It's been a, a, a real uh, crucial uh, uh, in, ingredient in the church, even though I can never understand I never remember what the club stands for. But, but uh, he's played a real vital role in seeing God do some real cool things in terms of building community. This is Mike Thompson. He's uh, one of the people centrally involved in our visitation ministry, where we visit people who are sick or being oppressed or whatever, and he's, he's done some healing and deliverance stuff. This is Barry Joss, who wears many hats in this church. He's our youth pastor, uh, our family pastor, but he also does marriage counseling and, and uh, uh, a number of other things. And, and I'm the only guy up here who doesn't really have a good job description, but I talk once in a while, so I'm going to be a part of this as well. We sat down uh, on Saturday, and, uh, or Thursday, I guess it was, and um, tried to figure out, okay, how are we going to do this? And we tried different ways of like saying, well, let's go by topics. Okay, we'll cover all this topic. Or let's go, you know, by, by rounds. And we tried a few of those things, and it kept on sounding like an infomercial. Like we're, you know, like, 
Uh, it, it sounded too staged. That's kind of, right, Greg. <laughs> no, it's like, like, like we're, you know, or, or, or kind of a competition. Oh, you think that's a good testament? Well, listen to this. You know, I got one here. And we don't want to do any of that. So we couldn't figure out a way to structure it. So what we're going to do is simply, and Lyle said this, he says, look it. You got four people up here with a bunch of God-glorifying testimonies who have a heart to praise God. How can it go wrong? So we are just going to have a conversation, a very unprescripted uh, conversation that, just to glorify God and just to share what God has done. And occasionally we're going to call people out of the audience. We've already told them about one, one or two. Uh, all of a sudden it was like, oh, my God. oh Jesus, Jesus, a lot of prayers just went up. You, sir, do you have a testimony for Jesus? I, I was in a church that used to do that. Uh, you, do you have a testimony for Jesus? And if you said no, it's like, well, why not? You know, Don't you love Jesus? Okay, so well, let's start off by having Deb Carr come up, and she's going to share a little bit about um, what God's done in, in her uh, small group. Okay. Well, when our small group started almost three years ago, it was the intention of everybody in the group to have it more than be just a Bible study. We wanted to be really connected to people, and this was a new church, and we wanted to get connected in each other's lives, and we really have. Um, we have a great desire to live out the one another's to each other, love one another, um, encourage one another, hold one another accountable, and we really have done that. Um, this group that I represent is, is really our family, and each of us sees each other as a brother and sister. Um, it's kind of a large family. We have 11 adults and 13 and a half children. That half child will be born in March. Um, and as I look back on the last couple of years, I want to give you a list of, or kind of an example of what our family has experienced together. Alzheimer's, alcoholism, heart disease, the ups and downs of owning your own business, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, the birth of two, soon to be three babies, miscarriages, cancer, family conflicts, seizures, illnesses, various illnesses, business successes, parenting struggles, spiritual growth, moving into new home, divorce, ministry outreach to others in our church, gossip, changing employment, emergency room visits, we celebrate holidays together, uh, sending children off to school for the first time, and some of us even vacation together. And it kind of all sounds like a soap opera, doesn't it? This was supposed to be an uplifting testimony. Yeah. Well, it is, because okay. the success of our family has been that we are committed to each other. And not one family Amen. went through this alone, went through any of these alone. Amen. We were all in it together. We all prayed together. We all know that we can call each other at 3 in the morning if it's necessary to pray or to do whatever. And uh, this is a community of six families, and I just thank God every day for each one of them. Praise God. Amen. Hey, let me add on to that. Thanks, Dale. <laughs> If uh, on this whole thing, you know, if if you want to praise the Lord by clapping, go ahead. If you don't, that's fine too. Uh, if you want to hold it to the end, that's fine. Nothing's prescripted. So whatever you feel like doing, do. So I'd say that for those few who want to clap. Okay. No, uh, what Deb was saying in her small in their small group that happens on kind of a, a I call that a micro level, but I'm seeing it happen more on a macro level. I'm seeing the whole uh, congregation of Woodland Hills here do what the small group uh, that Deb was talking about is trying to do. I'm seeing those who have the ability to meet needs go out of their way to actually meet the needs of other people in the congregation. Uh-huh. I bragged about this uh, on God's behalf uh, a few weeks ago, but hey, you get a chance to brag again, you've got to take that advantage. So, um, There's been many times that people have come up to me and have expressed the need that they may have, and uh, 
miraculously. Within a day or two, I have other people come up to me and tell me that they have exactly what that other person needed. And I just have to brag on God today because he's done an amazing job, miraculous job, of connecting people up. I haven't done this. The club hasn't done this. God has done this. For example, uh, I'll start with what might seem to be a smaller thing. Uh, uh, A lady came up to me uh, and said... uh, that she needed some yard work done in her, in her backyard, and uh, she wasn't able to get out and do that. And I thought, okay, that's a valid need. We'll try to, you know, try to meet that. The next day, uh, a college student came up to me and said, you know, me and my roommates mind doing uh, on a Saturday morning just getting out and helping someone out in there with any yard work or anything like that. I'm thinking, how does this work? God yeah, brings yeah. these things together. It seems like a small thing, doesn't it? Someone's tree gets trimmed. However, it's a big thing because God gets credit for it. Amen. Want to do another one? I'll talk about others later. Yeah, I know that uh, on that same line, I got a letter from a lady here in church who um, went through a kind of a tragedy in her life over the past couple of years and is widowed and uh, has a number of children and, and in September lost her job and didn't know how she was going to survive, was really uh, struggling with that. Wrote us a letter that said that someone had stepped forward and paid for her rent for September, October, November, and December. This amazingly had done that. And, uh, and then in the letter also said that uh, wasn't sure how her family was going to even get groceries uh, during this month of, September, I mean, month of December. And without telling anyone, someone showed up at her door from Woodland Hills with $500 worth of groceries and stocked her, uh, her cabinets with that. So, God. I mean, God's been great. One of the things that I, I see a lot of is that when the body starts to, and this is I think one of the main areas that, that Woodland Hills Church has grown in 95, yeah. is that I, I think the, the coin is dropping in the slot for more and more people that they are ministers, that they really are empowered and called to do ministry. And you're seeing more and more people step up to the plate and start to consider their, their relationships as op- ministry opportunities, their jobs as ministry opportunities. And when the body starts to do that, it's like the reality of Christianity. That this, you know, this isn't a philosophy. This is a, this is a reality, and it works. And that starts to really kick in when people start to step out and do that kind of stuff. There's one lady, and this, again, is, is one of those things where you can never script this. It's a small thing, and yet it means such a, a great deal to the lady in the congregation. But we gave a testimony uh, a couple months ago, I guess it was, of how... Uh, there's this one person who, I, as I recall, wanted to go on a missions trip or felt called to go on a missions trip but didn't feel like they could raise money for it or, or something to that effect. I, I got four pages of testimonies here. I can't keep them all straight. But uh, uh, what happened was a friend of hers uh, got a new job, and she had made a commitment to the Lord that whenever she gets a new job, she'll give the, first, the entire first paycheck to the work of the Lord. And uh, she's feeling empowered now to really do ministry, and she wants to give this check away. And she then just felt led of God to give this woman who was going on the mission field uh, her entire paycheck. Now, that's one testimony for, you know, how God's raising up people who have a ministry consciousness in their mind. But what also happens when we shared that, there's a person who, who told us later on in the congregation for whom that was just the most incredible thing they'd ever heard. And for the first time in their life, they said, now, they had been a Christian for a long time, but it had always been sort of a theoretical thing. And they said for the first time they really began to sense the reality. That this stuff is real. We're not just playing church. We're not just going through the motions. This stuff is really real. It really has a positive effect on the body. Sometimes uh, God might be telling you, for instance, if you have more than enough of something, God might be telling you to give some of that away, but you don't know where it's going to go 
you don't yet have a plan on how to give it away, my encouragement to you would be just do what God says. Somehow, uh, find a way. Call me up if you need to. Call the club up and give it away. Because when we first started this uh, club thing, um, a lot of people had uh, furniture and appliances in their home, uh, things they had extra of that they wanted to give away. And uh, I had no need for it. No one had yet come up to me and said, you know, I need this stuff. And so I was looking at renting some kind of warehouse space. If you remember a few months back, I was trying to do that just to store all this stuff. And uh, I didn't have to do that. And uh, God, God worked in that situation because there was a, a group of, of just graduated college students, recently graduated college students who live in the South Minneapolis area. And uh, they have a house, and they wanted the house to be kind of a drop-in center for some of the, the children in that area. And this is great. They have an empty house. They need it furnished. All the furniture and appliances that people had been saying we want to give away I now had a spot for them to go to, and it was a great ministry, and uh, they're still doing it now in the South Minneapolis area. So right. some of your furniture has gone there. Uh, good deal. Praise oh, God. Yeah, praise God. I don't want to stop. Um, <laughs> and there's more. Not no, yet. <laughs> I was just talking to Mike uh, Thompson earlier today, and he, I didn't know this, he, Mike told me about a story he had where uh, some people came through and, and helped him out when he was in need. I don't know if you want to. Yeah, in fact, that was, um, that was what I was going to share next. Um, in fact, I don't think I would uh, uh, be doing what I'm doing today, and that is to hold, hold the microphone up. A little closer. Thank you. To plan uh, um, mission trips uh, involved with Youth Adventures. And last year, um, and I raised my own support, and it got to the point last year, about February, I believe. No, it was a little earlier than that, but it was about a year ago. And uh, uh, things had gotten so desperate for me financially um, that, that I really thought I would have to quit doing missions and go back into, into uh, the kind of business I was in before. And uh, I was really distressed by that because I knew God had called me to, uh, to do what I was doing. There was no mistake about it. The circumstances surrounding it uh, just told me God wanted me here. And uh, it was to the point where I didn't even have gas to drive to church. I ordered deodorant and soap and smelling pretty nasty. It was, it was pretty desperate. Anyway. So were we. Yeah. <laughs> really. And, and so it got to the point where I said, God, I'm not going to give up on this. I don't care what I have to do. You call me to do this. I'm standing right here. And, and I'm just trusting you to make a move. Why would you call me to do something if you're not going to provide a way? So then the Lord told me to come down for, uh, in front for prayer. And I thought, oh, great, I hate going up in front for prayer. Now I'm up in front praying for people, but anyway. So I go, on, go up front for prayer and obey the Lord. And I said, God wants me to have that woman pray for me. And so I, the guy that was walking in front of me, I said, Lord, help them turn left. And they turned left. And so I went up and uh, had, uh, had uh, Carol pray for me about finances. And uh, two days later, a check came in, $1,400. And uh, that was able to keep me going for two or three months until I was able to raise the support level and keep doing what I was doing. And, 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 and another time, too, uh, my turn to keep going. I, I remember that there were several times during that probably two- or three-month period where I was really, really in the hurt bag. And uh, I remember one time driving away from church after I just met with Steve about something and looking in my rearview mirror, and here's Steve chasing, me down, uh, chasing the car down, saying that God told me to give you this and, you know, slip some money into my pocket. And I hadn't told him, but... You know, all I had is enough uh, enough gas money to get home, and that was it. Amen. You know, no no supplies or anything for the next week. So, God's done some miraculous things. Praise God. Yeah, that's been happening over and over and over again. People just anonymously giving uh, several hundred dollars. And, and I said this a few weeks ago. I never ever thought in my life I would hear this in a church. I would hear these words: 
I have some extra money. Do you know anyone who needs that? <laughs> Did you ever think you'd hear that in a church? Uh, or I have an extra car. Uh, does anyone else need a car? So God is really doing a lot to, uh, to blend people together. Amen. Hey, there was one week in particular where we heard three, three examples of people giving their, their, their paycheck away. And we're not talking like giving, this isn't like giving to the church here. One of the things that we're wondering about is when we start doing this and, and, and empowering people that, you know, your money is your, it's really the Lord's money and you're the minister and you distribute it as you will. We were wondering if God, would, you know, what would happen to uh, the, the income in the church here. But, but God's been faithful and that's been staying pretty steady. But on top of that, we're just seeing, we've seen people just signing over paychecks to other people. Randy Swanson got an entire paycheck from, from someone's, uh, 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 job and, and people writing out $500 checks, you know, just responding to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And what they find out, see, they get blessed by it. Uh, when they respond to the Holy Spirit, they see how God is really in this. The whole thing begins to be more real. Many times there's a blessing that comes in the back door for them, too. Here's a little illustration of that. And uh, I know you want to jump on the seat here, but um, and this seems small, but to this lady it was huge, and it is huge. She had come to church, and the Lord, she had $5. It was her last $5. They were really, really poor. And the Lord, she really felt strong, and the Lord said, give that. You have to give that away. Um, she did, not knowing where her next dime was going to come from. The next morning, she said, she was clearing out a dresser, came upon a box of some old, some stuff she had actually gotten in, in, uh, from her wedding 10 years previously. She started going through the cards, and she found $25 in one of the cards that somehow had been there for 10 years. Well, that's just a, a testimony. It confirmed to her the reality that God's going to take care of her when she's obedient to the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, you hear that phrase over and over again, Greg, that God has um, sp- spoke to me, that God told me to do this. How do you know if, if God is telling you to do stuff? I mean, we're, we're sharing a lot of testimonies. But yeah. How, how do you, well, real basically, you listen for that? Th- th- that's something where it, it's a training thing. I mean, it's, I, I think... You feel an impulse. You feel an urge that, that usually is not the kind of urge you'd have. And usually if it's about giving away money, it's, it's, probably, it's probably of God. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but, but it's something, and, and what I encourage people to do is, is to step out and respond to that. Just test the waters. And you might find, in time, you begin to be able to discern when it's just you and, and when it's God. Mm-hmm. It's a trial and error sort of thing. But I think more and more people are beginning to you know, really walk in that, that sort of reality. Okay, are we done with small group stuff? That's an, I've got a page of testimonies here from people in small groups just saying how the reality of, of the Bible's one another's is, is coming out in their small groups. And, and that's something we've right now got about 20, 20 24 uh, small groups, house churches going. Some of them are beginning to share communion together. Uh, they're praying for one another. When one's sick, they visit each other in the hospital. And uh, that's just a, such, there's, there's so much more blessing in that than you'd ever have if you had a bunch of religious professionals doing all the ministry stuff. Okay, let's turn to uh, physical healings. And let's start that off by having Annie come up. Annie, you want to come up and share a, a testimony of a physical healing that happened this year? About um, three months ago, I woke up on a Sunday morning with um, some pr- pretty severe stomach pains. And it was a situation that I'd struggled with on and off for about two and a half years. And I almost didn't want to come to church, but I had to do the lights, and I had all the stuff I had to do, so I dragged my butt out of bed, and I got to church. And it was so bad, I didn't know if I could even make it through the Sunday morning service. And during first service, I sat right over there, and during the worship's part of the service, and I just didn't even want to worship because it just hurt so bad, but I made myself, I just determined that I was going to worship God, and I lifted my hands, and I began to worship God during the service. And the Spirit of God just fell on me in a way that I'd never experienced it before. 
and just ran through my whole body. And as the spirit ran through my whole body, I just felt all the pain in my stomach just go away. And it was gone for the rest of the day. I didn't have any of those problems, any of the pains, and I haven't had a single pain since that day. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We really believe that the Lord, the Lord heals people, and we want to just be increasing faith in that area. Let, let me just read off a, a couple other ones here just to get them in. Uh, in January, there's a woman who came forward here and was healed of a, a chronic migraine problem. Um, the, the, the migraine went away as they were praying for her, and so far as I know, has not come back. At the end of last January, I was healed. Uh, there was, I spoke at La Luce, uh, the first La Luce uh, deal, and I had the flu really bad. Um, and this was like a temporary healing. Uh, just prior to my going up there, I was wondering how I was going to do this because um, I was really feeling sick. My nose was all runny. My voice was raspy. And uh, at the, the very last song of the worship service, I got this picture of the Lord just radiating in glory. I mean, it was just explosive. And it was like that radiance healed or, or just dried up all the flu symptoms. And I got up there and, and, and preached this sermon. I felt such an anointing, and I, didn't feel, I felt really, really good. Now, as soon as I got down off the stage, I was sick again. But for that 20, 30 minutes, I really felt great. Praise God for that. There's another thing kind of like that where a woman this last June who comes to church here regularly, um, she forgot her glasses, and she, couldn't, uh, she can't read. When she doesn't have her glasses, she can't read the lyrics. And she was very frustrated you know, on, the, on the screen. And so we were worshiping the Lord, and she was just kind of frustrated because she's saying, Lord, I can't read these lyrics. I want to join in. I want to worship you, but I can't see. And she reports that, and this is going to sound bizarre to a lot of people, but God does bizarre things, and we just are going to take it by faith, that all of a sudden she could read the lyrics. And for the space of the entire worship service, she could see those lyrics very well, and she would join in the worship. Now, afterwards, she needed glasses again, but we're going to give God the glory for that uh, eyesight healing. Uh, in May, oh, oh, this goes back a couple of years, but we never gave God the glory for it when it happened, so we've got to do it now. Uh, a, a lady's grandmother had, uh, was very close to death. In fact, twice she had to be resuscitated because her heart stopped. She prayed for her on Mother's Day. This is in 93. And the lady was healed, but not only healed, but, but she accepted the Lord uh, and became uh, a believer. Um, here's another one in 1993. Lori, uh, I always say Bathji, but it's... Bechi. Bechi. Lori Bechi. I always say Bathji. It's spelled Bathji. I was, was healed of a heart ailment. And we did not brag on God at the time, so we got to do it now. Uh, she had a, uh, a permanent heart murmur condition that was healed. And finally, um, this last spring... Um, a Woodland Hills person went to a neighbor. They had, asked, they had some severe uh, m- uh, physical problems. And they asked for this person to come and pray for them. They weren't healed. But uh, uh, they did end up that night accepting the Lord as their Savior. And that's something that is, in a lot of ways, uh, more God-glorifying than if they were healed. Amen. Amen. I had uh, a story about a physical healing when I was, um, when I was sorry, used to this up front stuff here. Um, I, I was up front in the altar ministry, and, and someone came forward. It was during a healing service, um, and the person came up and uh, told me that they had a, a, whole, a lot of back pain. In fact, they had so much back pain, they couldn't, uh, it was a member of the worship team, and uh, he said that he couldn't even, couldn't even be a part of the worship teams. Uh, his, his job, I believe, was in jeopardy, and uh, it, was, it, it, was pretty, it was pretty serious. His, his whole way of living was, uh, was uh, going to be drastically changed. And so we just, just trusted God that um, uh, based on God's love and mercy for him, God would do things, and we, we lobbied to God. And I really felt, as I was praying for him, I had my hand on his back, and I felt a real sense of warmth that I couldn't explain. It's really, um, there's, there's no way to, to, 
to humanly explain that. And, and I knew something was going on. I felt a real, you know how when you're singing, you really felt the sense of God's presence? I felt that while I was praying for him. And I said, man, God's got to be doing something. And we couldn't tell. You know, sometimes when you're praying and in the excitement of the moment, you can't tell what's really going on. You've got to wait a while to say, okay, is this thing really happening, what I thought was happening? And so I went away on a mission trip, and uh, five, um, about five weeks, six weeks later, I came back, and he said, yeah, uh, I got healed that time. I went out playing golf the very next day, and that was my way right. of praising God. And you know, he was back to a normal way of living. And had, had abs- you know, he was just dancing, doing the jig. So you know, was, I'd never heard powerful. of this, this hot hand deal. I mean, where you pray for someone, and they're, they're getting healed, and you heal, feel this warmth. I'd never heard of that. And this year, I've heard of it four times. Me neither. Yours is the fourth time, and it's like... Is, is that a Woodland Hills distinctive? When you get healed, you get hot or what? Oh, yeah. I have one thing to add, too, though. I, would, I, would, uh, I was sharing this before that I really, my, my prayer and my hope is that people, if, if God doesn't choose to heal them for some reason, I really hope you don't feel like one of the have-nots because we, we really don't know how God desires to work in you. It may be a heart thing. It may be a healing. This may not be the right time for healing. There may be some lessons to learn or some struggle to go through that would really, really benefit um, you or, or, or we just we aren't God. We don't know what you know the the full picture. We can't possibly have as much information as God does. Uh-huh. So there's many people I run into that say, "Wow," they hear a story like this and say, "Wow, I'm a have not. I must not have prayed the prayer right. I must have not done the formula right, or I, God must not approve of me." And so my encouragement not is that God does love and approve of Amen. you very much. And uh, I would like you to to come away from hearing these things. Uh, with possibilities of thinking, wow, God moves in real ways in my life, and I can't dictate what that's going to look like. Amen. Amen. Can I, can I just add one thing to that? And I, I, I don't want to hog. I, you go next. But um, uh, along those lines, there was a, a testimony that we got uh, this last couple of weeks. I talked to the person last night. His name's Pat. I asked him if I could use his name. Stroer. And uh, he's a man who's been coming to Woodland Hills for uh, several months now. Actually, I think it's about six to nine months. Um, he's got a, a physical impairment, uh, a kind of deformity. His back's not straight. And, and uh, he wrote in his testimony how, first of all, this year he's really come back to the Lord. He says, I feel like I've, I've gotten reacquainted with an old friend. Because for years uh, he has kind of been for God, distant from God. And I don't know if that was about his physical uh, ailment or, or not. But it's the kind of thing where, where God didn't heal him. But God did something else, and this is what he testified. He said that all of his life, he'd had a, uh, a serious inferiority complex because of his deformity. And uh, um, that that was always there. He never felt, you know, uh, on the par with other people. But what's happened with him just recently is that he's really come into an understanding of who he is in Christ. And that the outer quarter inch just does not matter. And you can't get life from that, even if you were... The, a perfect physical specimen, there is no life found in that. But life is found in Jesus Christ. Wholeness is found in Jesus Christ. And what he's really discovered is that the, the physical in, infirmity, which we can still pray for and, and believe God for healing, yet God does an internal healing there, and it's as though God wanted him to first develop this character that's, that's in the process now, to realize that life comes from Christ. And if you've got Christ... What you look like, how you walk, what the outer quarter inch is like just doesn't matter. You are whole and your love for free in Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful testimony. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I know along with physical healing and his emotional healing and all those different things you're yeah. talking about, and I talked to a woman um, recently who then wrote this down for me so I could get it um, exactly right, but it's an incredible story. 
of how God can heal someone. The, this lady was telling me about how she had come to Woodland Hills, had been coming for a while, just kind of listening to the messages that are shared about uh, being free to, uh, to be who God wants you to be and allowing God to heal you without uh, trying to expect yourself to have to do the right things to make it there. And uh, she said she'd been struggling with uh, drinking. She drank to excess almost every night. She uh, was struggling with, a, um, with drugs, doing some drugs. She also was in a homosexual relationship and felt like this was one of the first places where she could go to church and feel like she could sit there and hear God talking to her and, and not feel like she was condemned by all the people around her. And isn't it amazing that God just takes us right where we're at? doesn't say you have to change before you get there. Just come right, right, right as you are and I'll do the changing. And, and uh, she said she ended up... Uh, through a number of DWIs throughout this last year, ended up in jail. <laughs> she sat in jail and thought about the messages that she'd heard here, thought about the messages that God had shared with her, and uh, turned her life over to the Lord in jail six Amen. months ago. Praise in the last six months, she said that she's uh, given up drinking completely. She's given up drugs completely. She's moved out of the homosexual relationship that she's in. She's feeling God healing her oh, of those homosexual desires that she has. And she's falling in love with Jesus, she said, Amen. instead. And I think that's just a beautiful story about what God can do. Praise God. I, I think what's so exciting to me, and this lady doesn't even know this, is that I shared the story at a retreat that I was at recently. And um, a boy came up to me following the retreat, just in tears. Said, my dad's a homosexual. I've never been able to tell anybody that. And we shared and prayed and... Uh, there was an amazing healing in his life yeah. to watch the, the, the idea that God can take care of things for us and that he does work miracles and the, the uh, realization that, that God is in control was great to him. And so there was a healing there for him, even spiritually and emotionally, as he heard that, that God does do some amazing things that we never Amen. thought possible in people's just, lives. It's been a banner year for, that, yeah. for emotional healing. I, I, just in the interest of time, I, I counted this up last night. I... I I personally know, and I, I don't think this is, is at all representative of all that's going on, but three people this year were delivered from pornography addiction. One that I, I knew had been struggling with this all of his life and uh, had, been, had, had experienced complete freedom from that. Four that I know of were delivered from nicotine. Uh, three from cigarettes and one, uh, a guy who for uh, 12 years says he was trying to quit chewing tobacco and, and got freedom from that. Two, and I don't know if it, one of mine is one of yours, but two uh, delivered from alcoholism, one person delivered from drugs, two people were delivered from uh, uh, the occult. So God, God's been doing some really cool stuff. Amen. God. Amen. Well, one, one story in, in relation to emotional healing. Uh, how are we doing for, for time, by the way? So We've got about two minutes, so we're going <laughs> to okay. machine gun it out here. All right. Hey, well, hey, this is so hard. <laughs> I got four pages of testimony much. here. I want to just... <laughs> yeah, no, it's like... So many things. It's amazing. Well, um, Julie isn't here, but she said that I could uh, share her, her story. Where are you, Julie? Don't see her. Anyway, we, we, were, um, we were together for New Year's Eve, and uh, I, I shared this then, so I might as well uh, uh, share it here, too, because it, it seemed to really be a powerful time, whereas we talked about how God had healed her uh, internally, her whole life seemed to change. And... Uh, and uh, um, th- this was a gal who who had um, who who is a part of our body who who um, uh, does a lot of things around here. Just a wonderful person of God who who serves and helps uh, uh, to set things up and, and tear things down. One of the uh, un- unsung heroes, so to speak, of, of mm-hmm. Woodland Hills, really used by God. But anyway, we were working together setting up one day um, uh, last year, and uh, uh, or about about six or eight months ago, and. Uh, 
uh, I had been over there about a week previous to that to visit them at their house because they were really having a lot of fear. There was things going on that, you know, they were new Christians and there, there was things their neighbors were saying to them that were real disturbing and, and they were starting to doubt their faith. Well, the husband gets real blessed and she doesn't get blessed. And so she's thinking, once again, I prayed the prayer wrong. God didn't approve of the way I prayed, the method I prayed, uh, whatever it is. And so he doesn't approve of me, so he won't protect me. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to share with her the, this verse about perfect love casts out all fear. Fear has to do with punishment. When you think you're, you're due punishment, you're going to fear. But when you know God's love and his presence, you feel protected because anyone you love, you'll protect. And, and so I was trying to share those concepts, and nothing really sunk in, uh, in until God did something miraculous. And that was that when, when I was um, in service here and, and I was singing one Sunday, God, God spoke to my heart. I don't know how he put that thought in there, but somehow it was the filling of the Holy Spirit while a thought was there. And I just said, God, if this isn't from you, get out of here. And I, I wrestled with it. And somehow I just knew I had to get this burden off of my chest. So I walked over to, to, to Julie, who was uh, over on the, the far concourse there, uh, setting up things. And I said, Julie, God told me something. He told me that you were really troubled and that you were praying the other night and wondering uh, why, you know, why you were so afraid and that you had prayed the prayer wrong and that kind of stuff. And, and you, you, I told her, you have the freedom to reject what I'm saying because I don't know how this is happening, but I, just, I have to get this off, of my, off my chest. And I said know this, I'm telling you this ahead of time, that if you think somehow that you prayed the prayer wrong and you, you didn't sleep a lot and all this kind of stuff, don't fear because God loves you for free and he accepts you and, and he was calling you even while you were in a junky lifestyle and so before you ever performed the first time, God loved and accepted you or he wouldn't have called you. So God loves you for free. And she took a look at me and said, you've got to be kidding. I was just going to come up and t- talk to you about that. Amen. I was just going to come and, and, and say, am I not praying the prayers right and this kind of thing? And so as we were walking down the hallway, I said, once again, you know, she was walking next to me and I said, you know, just let this sink in and just accept God's love. He loves you for free. If he didn't have an interest in you, there wouldn't have been any word. But since there's a, there's a, a word of, you know, a word of uh, whatever that is, wisdom or knowledge or whatever for you, that means he has a great deal of interest in you. He Amen. accepts you and, and you're lovable to Amen. him. Well, the next thing you know, I, I'm walking alone. She's back there, uh, you know, uh, just bawling, leaning against the, just kind of shrunk down against the wall to the floor and just bawling and saying, I feel so special. I feel so oh, loved. I'm just, and she was you blown know, away. And that, her countenance has been so changed. That is changed something that, that, that you're seeing over and over again. Uh, just several weeks ago, uh, a person after the service just came up who's been going here for about three years, and it's one of these coin drops in the slot experiences. The light goes on. And all of a sudden, the reality that I am loved for free you can say that a million times, but one of these times when God's moving your heart's in the right place, all of a sudden the light dawns, and he was bawling like a baby. Just couldn't believe it. I am love for free. The reality all of a sudden just hits you in the face and knocked you over. We're seeing God doing that all over the place. It's beautiful. I got one thing to say. Maybe it would tie all this together even. God's been doing a lot of good uh, things in our, in our body here, a lot of miracles, uh, people being healed, people being delivered from uh, oppression, from demonic oppression. Is it not all just to get our attention? Is not God saying to you, look, I really love you? Amen. That's and that's all line. this is for. He's not trying to show off. He can do this uh, anytime he wants. He's just trying to show <laughs> us how much he loves us. Amen. So that's the purpose. Wow. Praise God. Amen. Yeah, oh, gosh. It, we could go on. Uh, I, was, I was a little worried. Well, we're going to have enough things to you know, <laughs> occupy a half hour. Uh, no problem. You guys, bottom line, band, uh, worship team want to come up. We're going to end with a couple songs. But someone go back and tell uh, the uh, children's ministry 
uh, to, that we're going to be just going over a little bit uh, with just uh, someone who's in charge. <laughs> uh, who's the pastor of this church anyway? You guys, don't you think God's done a good job? Let's just praise him. He, he, he's done a good job. Amen. Good job. He's done a great job. Amen. And we, we want to be greedy. There's one thing in life that it's okay to be greedy about, and that is to see God do more of this kind of stuff. He always said, according to your faith, be it unto you. I, I like to see, you know, the, the stats that we have, five people, three people delivered from pornography, whatever. I like to see a zero after all those. Every year, a 30 people, you know, saved. We didn't even talk about the number of people who got saved this year. But let's keep on believing God for more and more. Keep stepping out. Let's keep on just being hungry and thirsty for what God uh, has for us.